Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Halton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. So in this episode, I want to talk a little bit about one of the financial independent traps, or at least the main one that I've experienced so far. And it's the old trap between time and money. I think time and money is in many ways the ultimate trade-off. And I think we find ourselves constantly trading time for money. Being late August, we're at a time of the year for our family that it's an extremely expensive time of year with kids going back to school. (laughs) When you're actually tracking expenses, it's almost that much more expensive because you actually realize just how much it's cost. And uh, on top of that, we've had a few recent medical expenses, which when it comes to our health, I always put that number one. And I really don't try to skint on any expenses when it comes to our health. So if it's a case where we need to spend the money, I don't even hesitate when it comes to making sure that our family is healthy. So we've really found in the last month that uh, our money has been stretched to say the least and I was having this discussion with my wife the other day and I basically sat her down I said look we're really struggling here for this month I said things will probably be okay in the next couple of months but we're going to have to really cut down for the next couple of months to make sure that we keep everything on track and I sort of suggested look would it not make sense for me just to go back to work in September and maybe instead of targeting a four-hour day I target a five-hour day instead just so we can get some extra money and you know, just keep things going. And um, she kind of said to me, no, that uh, my time is more valuable to her than having that extra money. And so with that, um, the conversation kind of ended. But I was very much pro going back to work. I, I thought, look, let's get out of this hole because the alternative was going to be either struggling for the next couple of months or actually needing to potentially sell a couple of investments to get a little bit of extra money in, which I didn't really want to do. And even though I do feel like I'm on track for that 80,000 euro goal by the end of this year, to have to sell some of those investments is a little bit, um, I don't know, it feels a little bit like I'm going backwards, so it's not something I necessarily wanted to do. It got me thinking a little bit back about Jorg from financialfreedom.eu, where he had had this goal of 3,000 a month, and once he reached that goal, he increased it to 7,000 euros per month. I think one of the problems is as humans is that we're just programmed to constantly crave more. And I think when it comes to financial independence, there seems to be this huge pressure to kind of pick a number. And I've talked about this in previous episodes, and I haven't really got a definitive number that I would like to get to in terms of getting a portfolio size to X amount that I have in my family's case, right? But a lot of people do, right? A lot of people say, oh, I'm going to get to X and then I can officially retire. I'll be officially financially independent. And you know, that'll be that then. But I think the problem is that as humans, we constantly are craving more, right? So we're in a situation where, yes, you might be frugal for a few years, but do you want to be frugal for the rest of your life? Probably not, because being frugal is actually really difficult. I find it really, really challenging. And I mean, I'm extremely disciplined, right? So I know a lot of people that can be frugal for three weeks and they go and splash it out on that fourth week. It is a challenge. But also unexpected expenses just do come up. Yes, it's back to school, but we've now got a second kid going to school. And like I said, the unexpected medical expenses came up. 
And it doesn't take much to all of a sudden be in a situation where you've really got to be careful because we do have a habit of putting everything on the credit cards. And then my motto is, right, we'll then manage that. And the reason we put everything on the credit card is because it gives us an extra 30, 45 days to kind of manage our cash flow a little bit better. At the same time, extremely strict, we always pay the full credit card balance off. We've never actually paid interest uh, on the credit card. So it's not a case where we're putting ourselves into debt per se. We're just using the credit cards to help manage our finances a little bit better. But that does come with a, a risk because if you put too much on the credit card, you're not going to have enough cash to pay off the credit card and then you're finding yourself in trouble. So we're very much strict on ourselves from that point of view. I will actually cover a separate podcast episode on how we manage credit cards. So look out for that in the next few episodes. And this whole situation really got me thinking. I mean, the fact that my wife, obviously she values my time. And of course, I would much rather be spending time with her and the family than uh, that extra hour at work for a month. But it just shows that the ultimate dream, if you like, of financial freedom isn't actually the wealth side that is actually going to be the thing that you're going to appreciate. It's really time freedom. Time freedom is what we're all ultimately looking for. And I think it's often not talked about in financial independence. I've mentioned this before on the podcast where I could easily work 12 hours a day, six days a week, do it hard for three or four years, and potentially, assuming my investments go well, have enough to then cut way back. But that sacrifice of three to four years, that may as well be a prison sentence. So my wife is very much pro, let's maximize our time together and let's minimize my time at work. And yes, it does create financial stress, but we're going to work through that because we know that it gives me that time. And the thing for me is when you do have that time, and again, I've mentioned this before, you're less tired. You've got more opportunity to think about things, to take opportunities to think about other ways of earning income that aren't tied directly to selling your time. So there's huge added benefits for that. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm happy to work less, because I know that it allows me to capture more opportunities or take more opportunities. But at the same time, if you are actively pursuing financial independence and you've got some sort of number in mind that you're working towards, I want to challenge that. And the reason I want to challenge that is because you might find that when you actually get there, that that's actually only step one. And this is kind of what Jorg from financialfreedom.ie was getting at, I think. At three grand a month, he had his expenses covered. He was financially independent, but he didn't have financial freedom. Financial freedom is the next level. Financial freedom is when you can actually buy what you want without actually thinking about it. And to get to that level is that much more on top of financial independence. Tony Robbins says that when you become financially independent, it does not mean that you will stop working. He says the difference is, is that your mindset will change about work and that you will actually enjoy working. And for me, that's, that's the key here, right? I actually enjoy working. Even selling my time, I enjoy it. I'm finding that since I've cut back my hours, the projects I'm taking on are better, the clients I'm working for are better, and my overall work happiness is significantly better. I enjoy that sense of getting work done. I think we all do, right? No matter what you're doing, starting a job, doing it well and completing it gives us a, a satisfaction feeling. And I guess my challenge to you, dear listener, is don't get caught up on the big number. The big number is almost irrelevant. It comes back to the journey again and the day-by-day -day steps that you can make to get yourself in that position 
to have a better future. I mean, that's ultimately why we're doing all of this, right? We're sacrificing today to give ourselves a better future. And the thing is, 10 years is not a very long time. And I've no doubt that when we get to 2029, we'll look back at 2019 and say the same thing. So it's a matter of saying, right, what can I do today to start making my future better? Forget the big number, because even when you get to whatever number you imagine, you're only going to want to go to the next number beyond that anyway. I think this big number concept is just a false finish. I think by all means have goals, right? Like I have the goal of 40,000 last year and 80,000 this year. But treat them as pit stops. They're times to reflect and review. For example, I don't know what 2020 is going to look like yet. I haven't planned that far ahead. I figure let's get 2019 out of the way. Let's get that goal achieved. And then I'll sit down over Christmas in the New Year period and work out what I want to do then for 2020. The guys at Financial Independence Europe often talk about what they call a mini-retirement. This is where you basically take a period of 3, 6, 9, 12 months and actually say, right, I'm actually going to not work for that time and give myself that retirement feeling, exactly as I've done in the last two months. July and August for me has been, many ways, a mini-retirement. Right? I've only worked a couple of hours a day. I've put lifestyle first. And it's been an interesting experiment. When I didn't have enough money coming in, life became difficult again. And so now I'm very much going back. I mean, I, I start back again to bigger hours this Wednesday because the schools go back. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to actually having excess cash again that I can start putting back into my portfolio and just having that freedom that the extra cash brings. Yes, it's money bought in from selling my time, but at the same time, you realize that if that number isn't big enough and you actually stop working, that you're not necessarily going to be happier for it because, as I said earlier, you're constantly craving these bigger things and you don't know what the future's going to bring. So, what's the conclusion here? What's the takeaway from this? Forget the big number. Focusing this on a month by month basis, or at worst, a year by year basis. Set yourself that yearly target or monthly target. Like, I do that already. I have specific targets written down each month. That's how I know I can get to the big goal of. 80,000 by the end of 2019 because I have the goal for each month written down on a spreadsheet. On top of that, I have the amount of work that I need to bill for each of those months to make sure that my wages are covered, my pension is covered, and my investments are covered. So it's all planned out. All I've got to do is actually sit down and get the work produced, do the work, build the money, and then buy the investments I want to buy. Achieving a big goal starts by making a whole lot of little goals and then just putting the pieces together. So if you are attempting to pursue financial independence, forget the big number, give yourself a yearly goal, work out how you're going to achieve that goal on a month-by-month basis, and then just implement it from there. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're a big fan of the show, why not become an Irish Fire podcast member for free? Members receive access to inside information that isn't shared on the podcast, as well as regular updates such as a monthly newsletter. To become a member, visit www.firepodcast.ie.